0: Hey, hey hey, buddies, welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast. I am your host and fellow Franco fan, Jason Rudy from the Desperate Visions production company. Uh, right now we just uh, finished up uh, shooting a film called Lady Hyde and just finished shooting a film called Emmanuel in Sin City uh and uh doing pickup shots on those pre uh principal photography and production wrapped on that and uh we're gonna start doing pre-production now on tracy triangle it's my giallo film uh that we're doing that will be the third film done before the end of 2021 and uh well actually i should say film that july august and um might do maybe one more before the end of the year i will have like four in uh Second half of the year, so that'll be a good good year to start off with knocking out four films compared to my usual one or sometimes two. So, but uh, yeah, you know, the reason why I do that is because, like Mr. Jess Franco did right here, where it uh, was his film 46, and that is Les Ebranales, The Shakers, and it's a France production and uh, it's 1972. The alternative titles, quite a few on this one actually. Um, Les Ebronnalis, also Le Mansion du Vice. Oh, I'm sorry, Le du Vice. Uh, the French poster, uh, French video on this is uh, Le Manson du Vice, and French alternative title Messon du Vice, uh, Mansions of Vice or Vice Mansion. Um, Het Huis der Ondegarde, uh Belgian video cover, The House of Vice. Uh, unconfirmed titles. Um, these are the ones that I knew. Um, Des filles pour l'amour French alternative title. Uh, girls are uh, girls for loving. Also, there's a film called Girls Are for Loving, but this is Girls for Loving. Uh, also, uh, Vibrating Girls. That's what I knew. This has as, as uh, Vibrating Girls. Looking it up um, about a year ago or so, trying to find out what this film was. Um, and also uh, Dolls for Sale. Um, my co-host on this episode, Miss Colicini, from Z- on Zoom. Call from Los Angeles, California Home of the Doors Um, She had it listed as Mansion of Vice and Dolls for Sale is how she had it on her um, catalog library Uh, So Dolls for Sale, Possible Export Title and that was the title logged for the BBFC Um, Production Company on this uh, Compteux François de Film Production out of Paris, theatrical distributor Compteux François de Film Production of Paris and a Chinchetta Film Distributors out of London uh, shooting date on this is basically uh, November 20th to December 8th of 1972. So I guess we're looking at, what, 10, about 18 days. So just shy of uh, three weeks. Very impressive. Um, yeah. Especially with days off and everything. Uh, French visa issued October 3rd. It was played France October 4th of 73. About uh, nine days before my birth, which is awesome for me. Uh, yeah, October seventy three. Uh, Belgium, Brussels, uh, February 28th of 1974, and UK, there's an X-issued, that's the appendix in the book that they talk about, it's like an extra 10 minute, there's like a sex scene they add on, Uh, that played July uh, 74. Theatrical running time, France, is listed as 68 minutes, the UK version is, uh, with the extra added scene spliced in, is 80 minutes 51 seconds. Uh, about another 10 minute, 10, 12 minute scene or whatever. look um, okay, cast on this, uh, the great Anne Liebert as Benny. Doris Thomas as Bertha. Uh, Howard Vernon as Al Pereira. Al Pereira. That's a famous Franco character. Uh, Montserrat Peros as Valentina. Uh, French poster add-ons. Kali Hansa as Leona. Kali Hansa is great. I, I actually liked her for many years, uh, through, uh, the um, other Spanish films, uh, the the Austro's films and that, and seen her um, and looked her up and learned about her shit probably about 10 years ago. Uh, Actually, probably more than that, maybe about 15 years ago. And uh, so it was cool when I learned that she was in Jess Franco films. And this is the second film she's in for Jess Franco. She started with uh, Silence of the Tombs, or uh, Silent Tombs, Un Silencio de Tumba is her first film. And this is her second film. She goes on to work with them... uh, shit all the way up until like uh girls of night traffic and all that so all right so yeah we have coli hansa here as leona and we have uncredited gilda i'm sorry glinda allen as lena gordon um it's a cool character named lena before lena rome comes in uh so maybe it's like a little foreshadow uh manuel perario as emile kalman and just franco as the house of vice client uh, credits, Director Jess Franco, Screenplay and Adaptation, Jess Franco Manera, uh, Awesome is full full name, Dialogue, Elizabeth Ledoux de Nessel, Director of Photography, Gerard Besson, Editor, Gerard Kekoni, Music, Daniel Janin, Robert Hemrell, Presenter, Robert D. Nessel, i.e. Producer, um, another decent Nessel film, this is when he's in that groove with him, doing quite a few films actually like one a month. he's popping out. Uh, Fernando Menur, uh, still photographer. Howard Vernon as Mario Lippert, his alias, which is cool to learn. So Mario Lippert. I'll have to use that when I check into hotels. Uh, so what's your name? Uh, Mario Lippert. Assistant editor. Patrick Duncott. Uh, continuity. Nicole Guitard. Uh, sound recordist Michael Kondo. And laboratory GTC. jean Production notes. Having shot scenes for Un Captain de Kuntz, Kuntz Enos, captain of 15 years, around the Canary Islands, Frank returned soon afterwards to film Les Ebernales and Sinner, the secret diary of a nymphomaniac. These were made back-to-back, with Les Ebernales going first, shooting for three weeks from November 20th to 19, 1972. Review. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and read pretty much um, the full text on this out of Murderous Passions. Once again, Volume 1 by Mr. Stephen Thrower. This is the book of this era of Franco that we go to every week um, and uh, go over all the details on that. Definitely makes uh, very cool. It's also awesome because there's a... Kind of got this idea for this format uh, besides the research and then uh, watching the film too, the the one-two punch, you know, because podcast I really like a lot that I've listened to for, man, since it started, so six years or seven years whatever uh, it's called um, Between the Sheets with Chris Zellner and uh, David Bixenspan and it's uh, like a wrestling podcast and they basically go over a week in a year uh, every week and they go over the notes from uh, the Pro Wrestling Observer newsletter or Wrestling Torch or those so same thing they go over it and then talk about it themselves and that. so yeah that's kind of how I got the one of the genesis for this idea and uh, since there's no other Franco podcast but anyway so and I got that little out, bit out of the way, just figured it was time to, uh, you know, throw that in for any new listeners, and, uh, you know, we're on episode 46 now, so you got quite a bit to listen to, so i go ahead and take a quick guzzle of this uh, beverage here before I go into the review portion. This is a grindingly downbeat sex drama featuring that very private detective, Al Pereira, played here by a rumpled Howard Vernon as a bitter, washed-up cynic, apt to take money for Highly questionable work and no questions asked. As we meet him, Prairie is investigating links between the Flamingo Strip Club and Le Monchon de Vice, described as a private clinic for perverts, whose clientele includes transsexuals, sadists, masochists, nymphomaniacs, and in one brief glimpse, Jess Franco, One of the more obscure titles from the director's early 1970s heyday, having never turned up in an English-language version, it's actually a grim little treasure swathed in a moral and atmospheric darkness that pollutes even the supposed hero. Only one character is untainted, Valentina, described by Pereira as the only decent woman I ever known, and she ends up tortured to death. Las Abernales. In this one is one of the most nihilistic films of Franco's career. We begin with a vigorous strip club act from the ever wonderful Calihansa, a performer who exudes wanton live wire sexiness in everything she does. Her performance inaugurates one of the two main elements that jostle for our attention in Las Abernales. While the convoluted plot is certainly engaging in its own right, it's no exaggeration to say that the strip show sequences are the commercial reason for this film. Fortunately, although they gobble up lots of the celluloid, their variety, energy, and eccentricity justify inclusion. We see four different stage shows at the Flamingo, Hans' sexy gymnastics, some sex kitten posturing from Montserrat to Praus, an athletic transvestite dance routine, and most memorably a sequence in which Glinda Allen writhes around noon on the floor covered in stage blood before being stabbed in the chest by Hansa. The latter performance, lasting almost five minutes, is accompanied by a free-form composition for slide guitar, gongs, and echoed percussions and is observed by an audience consisting mainly of transvestites and dodgy wigs. Gory lesbian sex murder and antonal music serve up to an audience of trannies. The Flamingo Club is truly one esoteric dive. It must be said that Las Sabernales is not tightly constructed as its back-to-back sibling center. For instance, Alperia is marched into the House of Vice up several flights of stairs on its way in, a process that is then repeated in its entirety on the way out. There's really no need for the repetition, which feels included purely to extend the rather meager running time. Some of the plot twists are contrived and confusing. We never really believe in Lena's relationships with her cohorts at the sex club, and the characters seem to pop in and out of each other's homes willy-nilly, a problem exacerbated by the bland similarity of many of the interiors. One interior that does stand out, though, is the Red Room, a silver foil-swathed torture chamber in the House of Vice. The prolonged lesbian rape and beating of Valentina takes place there. Six minutes of flagellation, ravishment, and erotic menace filmed through a deep red filter. Franco supports the sadistic intensity of the scenario with a free-form tumble of clashing chords from the electric piano, creating an audio-visual delirium that will either suck you into his art-porn netherworld, or drive you out of the room with your hands over your ears and your teeth grinding in annoyance. La Sabernales exudes waves of porno land bleakness. It's like the come down from a three day bender caught on film. You've been flying high for weeks on a playboy holiday of cocaine and booze, but the money's run out, your head aches, and you find yourself walking the streets of a skanky red light district at six in the morning with only the doorway drunks for company. That's La Sabernales, the film that manages to make the Canary Islands feel like Birmingham's red light district on a wet Tuesday morning. It's a sensation Franco obviously cultivated on purpose because it's carried over into Sinner and reoccurs intact in the Sadist of Notre Dame seven years later. Rosa Bernalis is certainly the least substantial of the three, lacking the emotional intelligence of Sinner and the voyeuristic curation of Sadist, but it's... Compensates with a busy plot and a plethora of cynical characters and situations. The outcome is fantastically unpleasant. Pereira fails to save the life of Valentina, the stripper with the heart of gold who's been helping him work the case. Lena, who's obsessed with taking him as her lover, reveals her secret past as a man and in a seedy, depressing finale, our hero kills her. What's particularly gross about the last detail is that Peraria doesn't shoot her because she's a crook or a murderess. In fact, before her toward revelation, he had sex with her next to the corpse of a woman she's just murdered, which makes him, by far, the most callous and unprincipled alperaria in Franco's cinema. No, the reason he shoots her is simply because he feels disgusted. She turns out to be a transsexual. The film ends on a long shot of Peraria doubled over on the beach, convulsed with despair, anger, or is it nausea? Wow, <laughs> that's really interesting. Okay. Franco on screen. Franco appears as a customer at the House of Vice, as a voyeur, naturally, watching a couple having sex. Sounds like Franco. It's good to have him return again. We haven't seen him for a little while. of films. You know, he wasn't in Captain 15 years. And uh, wasn't in, what uh, was it one before that? Um, the Demons. He wasn't in that either, so. All right, uh, we got here music. The title theme, A Funky Little Workout for Electric Pianos, Organs, and Hand Drum, is a kitsch treat that I've been unable to trace amid the library records of the period. The score is credited to Daniel Janin and Robert Hermel, although it also features Roger Davies' Rage Montante from the library album Sans Nouveau Pour Images Contemporaries." and dragsters by Jean Bernard Reteau from the album Harlem Pop Trotters. A piece for flute and soho I'm sorry, a piece for flute and echo effects anticipates the dominant musical elements of how to seduce a virgin, while the far out improvisation for percussion and slide guitar accompany Alan Enhances stage show and candidly anticipates Toby Hooper and Wayne Bell's score for Text Chainsaw Massacre. Wow, good have to watch that now. Um, yeah actually I'm give you the truth i'm recording this introduction before i watch this film here in about uh about an hour or so and then i'm gonna uh watch the film and then do the review uh, on zoom with collie so not Collie Hanson, but call Sini. so yeah it's cool that uh, we have collie doing the collie film today uh let's see here um so yeah that's pretty cool that uh the percussion and slide guitar and We got on the hands the stage show at Hooper and Bell. Okay. Some of the electric piano improvisations were played by Franco himself. Cool. Awesome. Locations. The Canary Islands, chiefly the Hotel Santa Catalina and Las Palmas Gran Canaria. UK theatrical releases. It's frustrating that no English language print has yet surfaced because the film was supposedly granted a BBFCS certificate on the 3rd of July, 1974 as Dolls for Sale or Dolls apostrophe for Sale is written. Showing ownership. However, there is reason to doubt this. See appendix for more details. Uh, connection, Las Abernales depicts the perennial misfortunes of Al Pereira, a one-time agent for Interpol. See La Morte, Cible and Blues and Attack of the Robots. Now apparently eking out a living as a private eye. The subject of transsexuality recurs several times in Franco's work, most notably in Pickup Girls, 1981 and La Chica's de Tanga, 1983. In both cases, the context is far more positive than here. Alan enhances Sato's sexual strip, culminating in a faux-murder echoes succubus and anticipates exorcism. An unconventional attitude to incest is voiced again. Uh, Benny asks, why is it forbidden above all to sleep with your father? <laughs> Interesting. Other versions. The version available on PAL video from Video Box Belgium, running a approximately 79 minutes 40 seconds is missing some footage which may have been snipped due to print damage approximately 45 minutes into the story a soft core sex scene between alperia and lena gordon jumps a groove and cuts to a later scene in the same room between lena and leona the french video version is shorter but reportedly contains a scene missing from the belgian version yeah the version i have is um like uh um 80 minutes, so I think, uh, yeah I'll, I'll watch that and see, but, uh, it's a French print, so, um, French, oh, interesting, yeah, so it has a scene, missing from the Belgian version, okay, good, so, yeah, I guess the version I have is the most complete, so, uh, yeah, so it's cool that he filmed this back-to-back with Sinner, um, one thing I learned from Jess Franco from these Podcasts and learning and reading about him from Stephen Thrower's books and everything is that, uh, he would do a host film and then a back-to-back film. and uh, Sometimes you do two and they're both like A-plus A, a plus films. Sometimes you do one, like one's an A, one's a B, or one's a B, and one's a C or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's cool that he filmed this one and center back-to-back, and then center was, I guess, the stronger film. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what I, I choose from him is uh, do those two back-to-back and have similar casts. I mean, he would chain three, four, five in a row, but uh, it's kind of cool to do two or three, have your same cast, rotate them in and out, and... Um, some play lead, some play second, this and that, or have a lead for both and figure out your casting and all that. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 a cool uh, way to work, and uh, that's something that I owe Jess Franco. So that's why I do this f- podcast this is, of course, our mission statement, praise and memory of Jess Franco, bringing the names and films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears. And uh, <clears throat> definitely I felt that way on, uh, I think I mentioned it before on the other podcast, but if I didn't before, on day 13, last day of shooting for Lady Hyde, Went to a lake uh, And uh, Had a sailboat Show up there For about 20 minutes And then Sailed away Never saw it The rest of the time I was there But uh Lucky I was there To catch it The first 20 minutes I was 20 minutes later wouldn't have had it But uh Yeah It's a nice First shot of the day I Thought it was a blessing From Uncle Jess And uh That was a uh, Really awesome And uh Got all that stuff So And then I went back uh, A couple days later And different location And got uh, A couple other boats A couple motorboats And uh Got uh, Paddle Boat and a few other stuff. So, yeah, build up a boat collection, just like Uncle Uncle Jess. And uh, it's a cool thing about getting into his films. You learn a lot of different stuff besides just enjoying the movie. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, dig this review and you dig learning about new films like The Shakers, Les Abernally's, and really obscure films that you can't get online or order or whatever, uh, tell your friends about this podcast, the Frank Observer Podcast. Now, like I said, we're on 46. we got about another 100 episodes to go. And, uh, yeah, we're about a third, a third, or no, actually, 50, 100. Yeah, yeah, we're almost about a third in, so it's pretty good, man. So we're about third way. You got two more thirds coming, another 100 episodes or so, something like that. But, uh, yeah, tell your friends about it, and uh, always download the episodes. Uh, please rate and share on your favorite uh, platform. Um, down, like I said, download, rate, share, um, subscribe. Please subscribe. More numbers are always good. Uh, we need to b- boost our numbers. We're at a good number right now, but uh, it's the same number month after month, so we want to try to get uh, b- build that core audience. Um, I know we're a niche podcast, niche thing, but, uh, you know, shit, it's Uncle Jess, dude. It's niche, but it's the world, so let's keep those worldwide numbers going and help share it on your f- favorite uh, social platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of that stuff. I would always appreciate and love you for sharing the podcast and getting new ears to listen and new brains to converse with. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can get us hold of us at FrancoObserver at yahoo.com. That's FrancoObserver at yahoo.com. Send us an email. We'll get a hold of you and uh, chit-chat. It's always fun. Talk to fellow Franco fans. And we've done that a few times. Um, you can also get us on our platforms on Instagram, Franco observer Podcast, and Facebook at Franco observer podcast uh let's see what else uh cool well um hope you enjoy this interesting little part here learning about Les Ebernales. i've learned about it as well and uh you know best thing to do is when you learn to share your knowledge with others so let's share and uh hang out through the bumper music and you'll hear myself and miss colicini from los angeles california on zoom discussing the film the shakers so shake that ass and listen to us Hey, buddies, welcome once again to the Franco's River podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy, and today we are on film 46, episode 46, and it is Le Ebranales. very interesting film. Uh, today, I am joined, special guest today from Los Angeles, California, Home of the Doors. Uh, today, joined by Miss Collie Sini, once again, appearing on the Franco Observer podcast. Hello, Collie. Hello. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis, um, which actually helped me when I was watching it. And then after I read the synopsis, we will talk about the film. I'll ask you your thoughts, and then we'll talk. All right, synopsis. At the Flamingo Strip Club, private detective Al Pereira watches a woman perform nude on stage. Afterwards, he grills her for information about a mysterious club called the House of Vice. The woman, whose name is Leona, pulls a gun on Pereira, blindfolds him, and drives him to the House of Vice, where, still blindfolded, he is brought in front of four people, Lena Gordon, Benny, Bertha, and a man called Emil Kalman. They warn Pereira to stop poking his nose into their affairs. Bertha says that she will personally chop off his tongue, his arms, his nose, and his genitals if he gives them any more trouble. After Pereira is released, he goes home and finds Lena Gordon naked in his bedroom. She offers him a lot of money if he will break into Coleman's apartment, steal a key, retrieve a folder of pictures from a locked cabinet. Unaware that Lena is one of the House of Vice owners, he accepts, but during the robbery, Kalman wakes up. Pereria knocks him unconscious and leaves, after which someone else enters and shoots Kalman dead with his own gun. Pararia hands the folder to Lena and, referring to the contents, asks to know more about a certain Benjamin. Lena declines to answer, saying, it's a long story. Next day, Pereria reads in the newspaper that he is being sought by the police for murder. Bruria turns to Valentina, a female friend who strips at another nightclub. She informs him that his client is Lena Gordon, owner of the Flamingo Club. Al forces his way into the club and encounters Leona and Benny. He demands to see Lena, who denies everything. She pulls a gun and tells him that this is his last warning. Outside, Al is attacked by a couple of thugs. He sees Lena waiting for him in a car. Turn the page. Um and makes his escape she says that leona has fallen in love with her and that Kalman was blackmailing her over the photos she no longer loves leona and only wants her money prairie asks more questions but lena says he must trust her they can both profit from it later valentina tells him that lena has refused to be Kalman's mistress to find out more valentina goes to the flamingo benny takes a fancy to her and tells her she can make a lot of money at the house of vice As the two of them have sex, Prairie creeps in and steals a set of keys from Benny's purse. At the House of Vice, Benny introduces Valentina to Bertha and Leona, but Leona recognizes her as a friend of the detective. Valentina is taken to the Red Room, stripped naked and whipped by Leona while Bertha watches. Prairie uses the stolen keys to enter the Flamingo Club, searching for clues, but Leona and Benny discover him. Benny pistol whips him unconscious, but when they try to dump his body, he fights back and escapes. Al goes to see Lena Gordon and tells her how much he's missed her. She tells him that Valentina has been abducted and gives him a gun. Leona is waiting and pulls a gun on him as he leaves too. But Lena shoots her from the balcony. At the House of Vice, Buria is too late to save Valentina, who dies under interrogation. He shoots Bertha dead in retaliation. In a house by the sea, Lena and Benny embrace. As they kiss, Lena produces a knife and stabs the other woman. Prairie arrives, and the two of them make love next to the corpse. Lena says they are now furry and rich, but Prairie wants to know the final bit of the puzzle. Who was Benjamin? It transpires that the documents Lena asked Prairie to obtain contained evidence of her previous identity as a man, evidence Coleman was using as blackmail. Lena admits the truth to Prairie. Furious and disgusted, he shoots her. He actually stabs her, the one I saw, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah,
0: that's that's the rundown of the film. Um, Kali, what did you think of the film?
1: I thought it was not a very Pride Month film. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and seeing it with twenty twenty one eyes, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's
1: also kind of crazy because, like, there's that scene where she takes him to see the guy dancing, the guy who's wearing... Uh, what is like a banana thong and like go-go boots and that crazy like shimmer like
0: yeah jewel. i have all that in my nose he's wearing this like full it's almost like a suspender like uh like christmas tree <laughs> yeah. tinsel and it's like all the it's like sections and he has like silver boots and his yeah i was like wow that whole
1: look was like wow and then he's like yeah he's really like shaking his hips and working it and but it was like he was like excited about the guy dancing, and I mean, he was clearly, you know, dancing like, you know, right. he was. Uh...
0: Yeah, everybody was thrilled.
1: <laughs> so it was the ending was like, what? The <laughs> I didn't expect the ending at all. So I, I was totally thrown off. By I, I went to I tried to watch it again. Like it, somebody make sense to make this make sense, but it's Franco. It's not going to make a ton of sense.
0: So this was your first time <laughs> watching it, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you've,
0: and you've seen more Franco films than I have actually. So that's, that's cool. That, and this was my first time watching it too. Um, what did you think? Like, is it in your top 10, top 20, top 30, or you didn't care for it? Or what was your opinion?
1: No, I mean, well, it, there's kind of a caveat of, like, the adjacent films, like the other ones you were saying, like, you know, we could watch that I'd already seen, like, Countess Probess and um, uh, and, uh, Sinner. Sinner and and there's another one, but, like, it's, like, the same era, and those ones have all been, like, restored, and they're beautiful, and, like, have, like, a different but obviously they're not going to restore this one because of how it ends. I'm I don't sure. know.
0: I mean, I, I see it coming out eventually. I, okay. So I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm stepping on your.
1: No, no, it's fine. I just, that was my take. That was my hunch of like, cause it was like, well, why wouldn't they remake this one? Because it was, the music was great The you know, Vernon, there's so many like pluses to it. And then I saw the end and I was like, Oh, that's why. So it was, I don't know, I just kind of thought like that that was the it was just a weird like huh and and yeah it's just is not that didn't it just didn't make a lot of sense with that I mean whereas like the other ones that were in the contemporary like zone they they do make a lot more sense you know like there's just like you know like us is like a hunt you know like you're hunting the most dangerous game kind of thing but this is like supposed to be a noir or something like jess's version of yeah
0: that. well yeah. Uh, me. I was fucking blown away by it. I fucking love this movie so much. It's like (laughs) in my top ten now. Um, I'm I'm I was so I love when I watch a movie going into it thinking it might be okay and it's like so much better than I thought it was gonna be. I was just like holy shit! Like so much of this movie screams for me, and I love this fucking movie, and I want to like write a, a, a version of this like. Everything in this movie is like staple Franco to me, or not everything, but there's so much is in one of his styles that he's reused so much. Like the character of, uh, of, um, Alperaria that starts back with death whistles. The blues is the character of Alperaria. Then Alperaria was an attack of the robots. And then Alperaria is in this cause he started off as a, uh, interpool agent played by different people. And then Alperaria is in this and then, uh, um, downtown which is later with Lena and Martine is very much like this film. And even Jess Franco plays Al Pereri in that film. A lot of the stuff of the double dealing. A lot of this film uh, ideas was used in um, white skin, black thighs, um, uh, a couple during the um, Dietrich era, some of the same plot elements. Um, the pickup girls, the person used to be a guy the pictures in the envelope and use that device um the flamingo club is used over and over in a lot of his films So like a lot of key stuff was done in this film maybe not the first time but like all this but other stuff like all the strip sequences like from you know that copied succubus and female vampire the killing stuff with oh my god just so much of the stuff was um howard vernon was like fucking good in this movie and he's actually because the last few because I watch all these in a row and like he's in it so much and he's actually has dialogue and he talks and, and stuff and there's certain things that were lesser and stuff but um, as I go through kind of the uh, notes that I made and stuff about but yeah I was just like yeah and you know the ending is whatever you know and that's his thing And but but if you just take that aside you know god man and it, 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 and what I read too is like it had that washed out like Hangover porn effect, where you're like been up for too many days, and just you know the the you've seen too many sunsets, and you're just fucking so hungover, and like it had that feel of just that griminess and that sweat and and that fucking and and the, and the fucking red room with the the, the red light and the, that whole sequence. Oh my god, I like got chills watching that. I was like, fuck, anyway, yeah, so anyway, so okay, so first let's go through the Franco I think list.
1: movie was my favorite thing about it, just like the vibe, the like like what you were just posing there with that was my favorite thing about the movie for sure yeah like, like see was, i really
0: into vibes. vibe that so,
1: like, it was like really confusing to me but like just the whole the way that it felt and the music and the the way it was shot was really intense yeah yeah
0: because steven thrower kind of didn't diss it but he didn't i mean he said it was really downbeat and, and stuff but he didn't really like pump it like i was like okay so that's why I, I read about it first, and then I watched it. I was like, you know. Okay, so let me go over some of the quick stuff. Um, number one, body of water. Yes, there's body of water on that. There's a beach at the end. There's a the beach uh, where people are sitting on the beach. Um, I didn't see any – oh, actually, I saw a boat on the beach when he's having uh, a lunch outside, the, the outside um, cafe. There's, like, these boats behind him on the sand. They're, like, landlocked boats. But, they, but I saw no boats or sailboats in the sea in this film, which was a little depressed about. like, damn it, because this film is very landlocked. Um,
1: Especially but, since you got that one shot.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I got more later. Uh, and mm-hmm. for um, palm trees, there's only one palm tree leaf. When you see the Hotel St. Canary sign, there's a palm tree leaf that kind of hangs down in front of it. Um, and then I think there's a little bit of palm at, in, toward the end, but very, very little. I had to like, really look for it. Uh, really no jungle sound effects. He used, um, a, uh, dog barking sound effect at the end, which I caught. Um, let's see. Um, chained up person. Yes. Chained up woman in the red room sequence where she's bound and Kali is whipping her. So yeah. awesome. Um, number seven like, a dance scene on stage stripping. Yeah. There's like four fucking strip sequences in this film, Actually, yeah. like four or five. I think I have to, as I go through, I'll count them. Um, Club scenes dancing, uh, yeah, when uh, they had the gal dancing on stage, and then of course it's funny because he always has the stage whenever they're dancing is never in the same room as the people. He always cuts to the other side and you see the crowd shots, and if you watch like the stage that they're on with the black and white floor or the red and white checker floor, uh, that's actually the room next to that woman's bedroom because she goes out the door and you see the floor right there. And it's supposed to be like this huge club, you know, but all those shots he'll shoot uh, somewhere else of the crowd scenes. Um, so, yeah, he people dancing there, but not too much. Uh, number nine, jazz music, yes. Um, Ten, excessive zooms. He did do quite a few zooms during the nude uh, dance scenes. A couple out of focus shots, 11, 12 mirror shots, yes. Tons of mirror shots. I was counting all the mirror shots as I was taking my notes. Very, very cool ones in this. Uh, number 15, red light. Yes, red light in front of the uh, Flamingo Club when they walk in. And, of course, the uh, red room, uh, the little red room, she calls it, uh, that has red light all in it during the second sequence. Um, no sheepskin rub rug. No masturbation with a uh, letter C item. <laughs> um, mad Scientist. I don't know about Mad Scientist. There's, like, maybe the lady running the club or, like, the mistress maybe could be like a mad scientist because she's like running the place. But I, don't, I think that's kind of a stretch because there's really no like science involved, more sexuality than science. Uh, 18 fish tank shots, didn't catch any of those. 19 talking parrot, animal, bird, anything, not in this film. Uh, number 20 in credits, yes or no? Mine, yes, it said Finn. Uh, number 21, a handwritten note or something written by hand, a sign or anything, I didn't catch. And 22 spiral staircase shot, no. So, all right. So I'm going to go through some of these notes, and we'll just talk back and forth, and I'll ask you what you thought about stuff. Um, so, yeah, um, I always count, like, whenever the first nudity is in a Jess Franco film, and this is, like, one second. The first shot you see is Collie Hansen like, naked, dancing, doing a very cool uh, striptease uh, on the checkered floor. She's got, like, this cool belt on and the cool knee-high boots, and, and Kali Hansa is really awesome. We had talked about her before. This is like her second Franco film that she's in. Uh, followed, she did Silence of the Tombs, which was right before this, and then this is her second one.
1: Yeah, I've seen um, three of them uh, that she was in. Um, there's also the Amazon Temple one, or whatever, there's like an Amazon one.
0: Yeah, Amazon um, is, oh yeah, the... Um,
1: yeah, and then she. I saw her also in this other movie that, Franco didn't do where she is in space and she gets raped by Pan, you know, the half goat guy.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen that one.
1: Yeah, it was, it, I saw that for the um, was it the May the 4th. Okay. The 4th, you. I gotta watch space stuff. So that was like, I was like, that's that Kali Hansa chick. And I love that she has my name. So, and this movie was made um, on the glorious year of my birth, 1973. And there's a Same year. So I had this like I was, I was, that's why I wanted to watch this movie of, of, of the choices that you gave me.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, see, so, so <laughs> Sinner was filmed back-to-back after this. So that's why I kind of wanted to watch things in a row. And so I was like, okay, let's try to watch in order. Because it's kind of cool because then you see the same actors in, in successive films, and you see the same places and stuff, and you have that connection, which is kind of a cool way of watching the stuff. So yeah, so he filmed Sinner immediately right after this. And yeah. uses some of the same locations, same actors, that, and that and, and she's in that as well, Howard Vernon and everything. Um so yeah, so you see a uh, close up of her, she plays uh Leona, there's a cool jazz um thing. Oh yeah, also too in this uh Franco has three credits. He's in here as uh, Clifford Brown on the version I watched, his name's there. Also as uh, Jesus Franco Manera and then Jess Franco as well. So
1: Clifford Brown, that's him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Clifford Brown is his alias. Named after the jazz musician, you know.
1: That's funny. Okay, that's right. I think I I think
0: that's yeah, it's coming back to me. Yeah, so he's he's yeah, Clipper Brown, and then also Jesus Frank Winero, and then his name. Um and then uh so yeah, and then you see automatically um Collie goes back to with Howard uh to the hotel room and he keeps trying to uh and they have their little like sex scene where he keeps his underwear on, which is pretty funny. I was like waiting to see if he's gonna take his underwear off. And Franco filmed it, too, like he does with his usual two people. So he does the camera, pans all through, and then he pans to Howard. and He, like, pans to his tidy whities just stays there for a second. Then he, like, pans up to her, grabbing the gun. I started laughing. like, Because that's how he shoots people. He just, like, held up there on his fucking tidies, you know. It's
1: really awkward to see Howard Vernon in a sex scene for me. I just – I can't with that. Like, I just – he's so –
0: Hey, he's a man and he's a human being and he has knees just like we all do. Don't matter if you're old or young, you know? I mean, hey, man, how Vernon's got to get some, you know? Yeah,
1: I've just seen him in too many, like, monster, you know, things. And, like, I, I don't know. If he's like, I think of him in, like, the erotic rites of Frankenstein or something, you know, where he's just looking all goofy. Yeah, he's
0: Count Dracula, man. He can fucking fuck Count Dracula. Come on, man. This should be alluring, man. <laughs> fucking Dr. Orloff and shit, dude. Fucking he could go down on Dr. Orloff. Come on, man.
1: I just i like those googly eyes coming at me would just be a bit much i don't know i just well he's not marty feldman i mean
0: shit you know (laughs) (laughs) that's worse come on
1: yeah i don't know i just i just i mean he's just such a unique specimen i just i don't know it just tripped me out to see like the the sex scenes with him i was like i was kind of into it out of like almost kind of you can't like you know like i just couldn't look away but at the same time it was just like whoa this is happening so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah
0: I, I, as a man, find it refreshing because I like it when Jess Franco will, like, get down in his underwear or Howard Vernon and stuff. It's like, it's cool to see those guys do it instead of, like, the handsome leading men all the time and stuff. And it's like, okay, cool to see these guys do it. And it just makes everybody the same, you know, and it's like, kind of breaks it up to me. So it's like, it's nice to see him do it instead of, you know,
1: yeah, but else. what if, like, you know, like, flip that around? Like, do you want to see, like, a googly-eyed chick, you know? <laughs> I mean, you
0: know like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I <laughs> hear those, you, but there's, you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: Years old, like, Vernon or whatever. <laughs> was like, yeah. you know, graying and all, like, you know, kind of, like, like I don't know. It's just, because it's always the super hot chicks. I mean, the women in this film, oh, my God. There's, like, four total babes total,
0: babe. Oh, yeah. Well, plus, think about like like Vernon. I mean, he was probably only in his 30s or maybe 40s at this time, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he looked older than he did. You know, I mean...
1: 60 me, I, don't
0: know. <laughs> I mean, he's probably like 10 years older than some of the other people, you know. So, I mean, that's the thing. But he just looks older, I guess, too, oh, you know. So. But... Uh, I don't know.
1: I don't know. But, yeah, but, the, but, geez, the women, I mean, and all the lesbian action. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, that. you have um, Kali Hansa as um, Leona. Um, Anne Lieber, who's one of my favorites, she's in this a very short part as uh, Benny, and it's cool. I think Benny was named after um, Benny Cardoso, the actor that used to work with Frank a lot uh, before this, in a lot of films and after. Um, and then uh, you had um, Doris Thomas as Bertha. She was like the boss. And Doris Thomas uh, was in uh, a bunch of stuff. She was like in... Uh, she, she was, we just watched her in uh, The Demons, Roderick Writes of Frankenstein... She's in uh, Science, or, uh, Captain of 15 Years. I think she's in Dracula's Daughter. And, yeah, so she's in quite a bit, you know. So that's why I watch all these in a row. You see all these same people, next film, the next film, the next film. And then they'll break off, you know. Like Kali Hansa's in here now, and before that it was, um, um, I spaced her name, um, um, Britt Nichols. Britt Nichols was in a bunch and then she dropped out and then Kali Hansa's in now and kind of took her place as like the hot chick that gets naked all the time. And that is the feature of this and does that type of part all the way through. So just kind of cool with uh, that. So yeah. So Kali Hansa basically Howard keeps trying to get to the house of vice and she pulls a gun on him and she puts a blindfold on him and takes him to the house of vice. And, uh, then there's a cool scene where, uh, there's a mirror shot uh, by the beach scene in Al's hotel. Oh, yeah, so he, may, so he gets kidnapped and goes to the house of Vice, and they basically threaten him like I read earlier. They say, hey, he, you need to get the fuck out of here or we'll cut off your fucking tongue and your fingers and all that stuff. Then he goes back to his hotel room, and there's a naked girl, uh, Lena, which is cool. Her name's Lena. And that was before uh, Lena, Romay, Lena Romay hadn't came onto the scene yet, and she's in about two or three films from now. She might be in center or two after that, but she hadn't been in any films yet this time. So it's interesting that Lena was the one that Alperaria, which I is like Jess Franco, falls with, and then he finds out that Lena was a man, baby. You know, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, so, so that, I thought it was kind of cool that her name was Lena, and that was...
1: Sure, at some point, Jess and Lena joked about that.
0: Yeah, it's very, very foretelling.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah. I wonder if Lena Remy was once a man.
0: Yeah, I just channeled channeled the fucking spirit. <laughs> yeah, Soul of was with him.
1: That woman could be a man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that ending, I just can't. I'm sorry we have to talk about the ending but not yet. Well,
0: yeah, we'll we'll talk about the ending when we get to it. <laughs> you do the ending. We we got to build to the ending, you know, that's why it's well, the it ending.
1: I watched it, you know, for the first time an hour ago and I'm
0: like, oh, I, you know, I I watched it about about 6, about 3 hours before this. Yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah okay so we have uh, a cool beach uh, a hotel room with uh, Lena and uh and she gives him money in the job and then uh we see uh oh there's a cool scene I liked where the show Howard Vernon and her kissing they both kiss the camera so you see close up of her oh lips my kissing God, the camera what?
1: That is what I meant to bring up when I was talking about how awkward it is to think about macking with with Howard. Yeah, Barnes. it was like they found different ways. So, like, stop! Oh my God, stop! When you were talking about close ups, I should have. Ah, yeah, that was oh my God, that was a way unnecessary close up. <laughs> like it just went on and on. It was like the, their lips, like clo- one lip, two lip, three lip. It was like back and forth, back and forth, zooming in. And it was just like oh my God, like make See, it.
0: I thought it was cool because like as a director like. I was trying to figure out, okay, if I was in that part, you know, and you're an older person, you gotta go to bed with all these young girls, you gotta film it. How would you do it to make it, you know? And I was trying to like count how long, he, like, and all the scenes with the girls are really short, like the time where they're together, not naked, but whatever. It's like they lay, and usually, like, the one is him on his stomach in his underwear, and then the other one, him on his back in his underwear, and then the one is like a quick thing, and she gets up, and leaves real fast, and all. I mean, all the scenes are like twenty seconds. I mean, they're not like a big long.
1: Yeah. You know, it, sex scene, it's real, like he shoots with women. Real, you know? like, what is even, who is even fucking, like, who's likes each other? Who's faking it? Who's, like, scamming? Who's into it? Who, it was so... But, yeah, that Howard Kiss thing, that was, like... I could just hear the the Jaws soundtrack, and it was, like... <laughs> like dun, 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 dun. I was, like, oh, my God, make it... deep
0: throat. Yeah. It's just, like... <laughs>
1: it, it just went on... <laughs>
0: And then uh, so you have that and then uh, I thought it was pretty cool and then he had uh, after that he had a strip tease number 2 uh, about 21 minutes in which I thought was a really cool idea he did with uh, Valentina where um, she's uh, she like takes off a part of her clothes and then it goes to black and the music stops and it starts up again where you see her do the next sequence it was almost like a peep show booth i was thinking like with the quarter runs down, it drops, you put the money and it comes back up again and the music starts up again and the girl takes off her next thing. That's how he shot that sequence in pieces like that. He got going to black and then the next thing and then they go to black.
1: And That's how you read that because I was wondering what I was like, I was actually thinking like, does he have some kind of weird film going on where like he, he's running out? <laughs> but that yeah. makes, that it was intentional because it, it was so strange how it was like she would get off the gloves and then be like, oh, look, my fingers, or, and then it would go black. And then it was like the next well, thing comes off. And so the dance of the seven veils or something.
0: No, totally. And, and watch all of Jess Franco's films and his strip club scenes, striptease. They're all shot really interesting, almost never erotic, quote, unquote. You know, they're, they're very interesting and odd. Like that's why we were watching all these – going over the process of them. It's like one little gal was just sitting in a chair, just going real slow, just like, like five times too slow. And you're just getting mad. And (laughs) they're just laying on the floor and maybe taking off her shirt. And that's it. And just really bizarre. You're just like the fuck, you know, you think a girl standing up doing the strip tease and he never shoots it straight like that. It's always, you know, sold with the candelabra and the naked mannequin woman. And, you know, they're all just bizarre fucking, you know, all that, which she goes into here.
1: your hips girl only <laughs> like hip shaking well i guess we got some hip shaking from collie at the beginning and then from the guy in his crazy ass outfit
0: yeah that <laughs> that one i counted too that one's coming up yeah so okay so it goes from that to uh um, uh blackout shots in between in the red dress okay then it goes to the striptease number three the transvestite guy in the silver boots and the silver tassel suit and everybody was enthralled with that guy. Like, oh, that guy's magnificent. Look at him move. And, like, and he was like the fucking star. And everybody in the club, all the women were just watching him. And that was an interesting club, too, because everybody in the audience was um, men dressed as women. And women were the all-audience. And some guys were more passable than others, you know, with, with their makeup and their wigs and this and that and such. But, but you could tell it was very, like I was talking about, it was a very desolate place and stuff with, this, with that film. It was very interesting, I thought.
1: Yeah, I was just, I still am so confused. But the ending, considering that scene, I was like, oh, cool. This is like a Pride Month movie. (laughs) It's like super Well, you
0: got to look at, I mean, you know. (laughs) Twenty twenty one didn't exist when this movie was made. Think of it that way. I mean, oh uh, you
1: know. uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, they I mean, obviously, just was ahead of his time with all that. But I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, was mean like, he
0: was just showing that that, that club and what it was. Like, you're
1: being into, I mean, he, you know, he had Howard saying how great that guy shook his hips. So if you have a guy complimenting a man on him shaking his hips, you would think that they were yeah. like down. But,
0: but also, Howard point. Howard called him a man as well, and Howard wasn't deceived that he wasn't a man.
1: But he wasn't he wasn't trying to not be a man. I mean he wasn't wearing like No,
0: no, but when Howard's looking at the guy, he wasn't like
1: he had a banana, you know, thing on. Like Right, right. I mean, he wasn't trying to look like a woman. So he oh, was being yeah, no, a man at being sexy. So
0: that but was that's like, why I think Al's character wasn't offended or wasn't mad because he knew it was a guy and he was like, Oh, that guy's this and that, you know.
1: Yeah. That's
0: how I read it at least, you know.
1: Didn't he sleep with that girl though? Like if you fuck somebody and you can't tell then he could
0: well, <laughs> well, I also kept his underwear on all the scenes too, so I mean, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um yeah, I know she she was yeah, I know. I was looking I was watching that cuz I knew who ahead who it was and I was looking to see it. I'm like that's a really good job.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you sleep with the guy and you look like that, like how mad could the dude be, especially enough to kill you. I just I don't know. I mean, just So weird, uh just was weird.
0: <laughs> okay. So Howard goes with Valentina, and he has a cool uh, triple mirror shot where she has a three mirrors in her room together, and she disrobes. And Valentina was really, really a great character. I like that. The, the, other, the, the friend of his that worked at the strip club that gave him information in that, and, and he always uses that character quite a bit, uh, where it's his friend, and he's like, you know, the girl will talk down to him, and she knows his games, who he is, his philosophy, but she's still like, well, fuck him give him information, help him out. And then she gets killed, you know, it's like, <laughs> like no good deed should go unpunished, you know, and it's like, she dies because she's good. And because she's, you know, a good person and all this other shit, she has to fucking die, which sucks, you know, but, but that's the bleak fucking, see, I like bleak Franco. Like that bleak shit is my vibe. And, and those films where he's like, oh shit, you know, the real downbeat 70 shit. I don't know. I just, I dig that a lot. Um, <laughs>
1: I, I dig that, too. I'm a big fan of Franco for that reason. He's, he's, he's dark. <laughs> Not afraid to go dark.
0: Yeah. Speaking of dark, one of my favorite sequences is next. Strip act number three with Lena and Kali Hansa, okay, where Lena's laying on the floor and her dress is all ripped and she you see her vagina and her tits and she's all bloody and she's laying on the floor and then Kali Hansa walks in with a bloody knife. Yeah. And it's fucking bizarre noise fucking weird music and what's crazy while what i was reading about that uh okay uh so when they uh, tour uh, uh, and the bloody knife uh and, uh, and the audience watching it so what's funny is like this came out before texas chainsaw massacre the original and like the music and some of the shots with this and coming in it was very it had that texas chainsaw massacre vibe and watching that with the it, and It's a very bizarre scene. It's it's a very horror scene, and it's the like
1: blood on her is just actually yeah, like that that last the the iconic thing where she's you know she's escaping and she's covered in blood yeah. like it had that told that's totally I didn't clock that until you yeah started. watch that
0: sequence again with that vibe it's like oh it just yeah. the, and you yeah. see everybody in the audience's face yeah. and they're all just people watching and silence and the blood and it's just like it's a fucking horror sequence like totally out of place in this thing but it's like. Yeah. That's like the scene in Succubus that or a female vampire. I was like,
1: wait, did somebody just get murdered? Or were they, was that like, I was like, did I miss something? Because where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched that twice because I was so kind of thrown off by it. Yeah. And
0: this film was like, you know, these dance sequences are like huge in this movie. If, if all those dance sequences weren't in it, this film wouldn't, you know. And a lot of his films are, he has a lot of cool dance sequences and things are based around that. So that vibe was just like, I don't know. I thought I've, I've I was just digging a lot. It's and, and you see a lot of cool directors I like later, like um, uh, David Lynch. Like people have some of that just depressing downbeat. Like uh, Blue Velvet. Watching this, kind of getting that Blue Velvet vibe and some of that shit I like where you're just like, yeah. you know, that
1: nightclub, it's but it's the and
0: underside and shit, you know. Yeah, totally. And then, uh, so yeah, so you had the Flamingo Club. Um, okay, I went through all that. Okay, so then we have... Um, Oh, yeah, so the pictures in the envelope about Benjamin uh, used later in the film. uh, Pick up girls and others. We talk about that. Okay, so then it jumps from um, Lena and uh, Al to Lena and Leona. It's a weird jump. She's in bed with Howard, and then they're, like, getting ready to have sex or whatever. Then it cuts to her and Kali Hansa. And she comes in and she apologizes to her for being late and she was gambling money and then they take off the clothes and they start fucking. And you see some guy in the doorway, oh it was actually Howard Vernon watching and then he crawls in and gets that uh information or whatever, takes some shit and sneaks out, you know. Yeah. That was a weird sequence, but yeah, it's just very
1: confusing. When he was, you know, like and he at some point it right write around there, he was like telling, you know, um telling her like you know, you killed that, that guy in cold blood just over some pictures. What was the pictures? You know, it was like oh, people are just dying left and right. And you don't really understand why. And it, it's just, I don't know. That was kind of, uh, yeah, the whole end. Of the yeah. It's like, like, whoa. Well,
0: yeah, well, that's what they thought his character. He is, He's very unscrupulous. He'll do anything. He has no morals. He'll, you know, lie, yeah. cheat, steal, and blah, blah, blah. And he's just, you know, that's, that's his thing. That's why people want to always hire this guy because – they know if it's something underhanded, he'll fucking do it, you know. He's very At treacherous. he
1: like praying for the murder that he didn't do, so. You yeah. Know, there's this weird innocence to that situation. That's true, yeah, I mean. Like he was, he was They're trying to figure out why that was happening, you know. So he's trying to solve the case or whatever, so he, he might be unscrupulous. He's not a murderer, I guess. Yeah. So, I
0: it, but yeah, he just, he just I don't know, I just his, I guess his, uh, his deal. He uh, they have a strip, strip strip act number four. Callie on the checkered floor again, and it's like a slow version of her first act, where the first one was real fast, rolling around. This one, she's just kind of real slow and kind of lay on the floor, and very very short. But I, I counted it. Um, then you had uh, okay, this part I like. This actually wrote some of this dialogue down. I like paused it and wrote some of this shit down. You had a cool scene when Ann Liebert and Valentina. She like goes to the club and she picks her up. And she takes her back to her place. And uh, she says to – Benny says to Valentina when she's like trying to seduce her and and she's like kissing her and making out with her. She goes, "Um, your lovely body will endure many vivid pleasures. You have no idea yet. You just have to be submissive. Let yourself drown in the wave of frantic pleasure. The house of vice is waiting for you. You'll be there soon, my darling. I thought that was like fucking badass, you know
1: yeah, for sure i yeah, I love that she's too. kissing
0: her and like grooming her and kind of bringing her into the web and telling her all these things, and just like I thought that seems was well something.
1: that's the vice like idea was really hot. I liked you know they they discussed how everything goes there, and you know there was like some weird sentence where they said something like there was what was like um transvestites, masochists, like there was some other like yeah. They were trying to act as like pervert homophobia or homos or whatever homosexuals and 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 uh and sadists and kind of you know listing all the things that were supposed to be taboo but but like but saying it like it was exciting and sultry and like you know like like some a, a club you wanted to join you know, and so yeah, again, strange ending because I thought they were so into it all the way up until that I was like, yeah, this is a great five month movie." <laughs> I mean even though they're calling them you know but I mean like you could you would say transvestites back then you wouldn't say you know like you wouldn't have all the language fucking situation you have now i trying to
0: find the uh, term that you were just talking about he has quoted in here he says um, mm. uh, shit let's see
1: yeah I mean you know even like saying sadists and masochists and homosexuals it was like but it was but they were—they seemed titillated and excited by all of it.
0: So. Yeah, it's a um, described as a private clinic perverts—a cl- private clinic per- for perverts whose clients include transsexuals, sadists, masochists, nymphomaniacs. Yeah, just those.
1: Nymphomaniacs. Friends. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. yeah love that so,
0: <laughs> I know. And it's funny too because you just see the curtains you never see what's behind the curtains until toward the end you know it's always you just hear voices and then they go past the curtains and it's just you know suggestive what you think is behind there um okay, of, so, like, you know,
1: those words in movies of this time you know for 1973 like that's 48 years ago the year i was born so it's yeah. a long like a half century almost and they're saying all that kind of stuff and I don't know I just love
0: Franco yeah and and I'm sure a lot of that he took from the Marquis de Sade and a lot of the writings and the, the terms like he's very you know and reading that and watching this that's why his Marquis influence stuff which there's a piece of that in this definitely because like you know if you're good you get punished and that's the thing that's why the v- woman that's virtuous dies so there's a lot of Marquis in this now that I'm talking to you thinking about it that's another reason why, why I like it those films that have that touch in there are always some of my favorites
1: for like, sure. you, we've
0: talked about that, you in, in in, um, so. know. Okay, so then we go into, uh, as uh, Alice Arno calls it, the little red room at 56 <laughs> minutes, with tinfoil walls and Callie uh, Hanzo with a sexy necklace on. She has this cool fucking chain with all these like pendants hanging and like ten or fifteen charms swinging when she's naked with the big boots and.
1: Wasn't she wearing that in the beginning, the very first scene?
0: Yeah, yeah. She's wearing that when she's dancing, you know. And, but you see yeah. the necklace better when she has the fucking whip, and that's just like –
1: Very Kali Ma, you know. Yeah. As a Kali, as a I was hyped for that.
0: And I love that she gets naked when she whips the people. Like, she doesn't have to be naked when she whips them. But she's naked, you know. It's like even better, you know. Oh, she does. What are
1: you talking about?
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, she has that and uh, the whip, and that's a really awesome sequence to me. I, thought, I really like that a lot. And um, let's see. Then we have um, – <laughs> What's that?
1: She's great tits. You oh know? gosh,
0: she's great tits, great vagina, great fucking hair. She's just great. All she's amazing. Calling on stuff. She's goddamn. She's a like one of my favorites for sure. Um, and uh, so then they go into they like kidnap the woman and they whip her and shit. Then they fucking step it up a notch and fucking the room and it gets red. They either use a red light or a red filter. And Alice Arno, the head woman gets turned on and the woman's getting whipped whip more and she keeps unzipping her suit and zipping it up and zipping like she's fighting against it. She's, no, no, and then she's like, I'm coming, I'm coming as she's going, zipping up her zipper up and down and the woman, she's all getting close to death and then like fuck a woman and dies or close to death or whatever and then she like starts like kissing her corpse while like uh, Ann Liebert and uh, fucking uh, the other chick you know, start kissing and shit and I thought it was just amazing it was just, like the soul was leaving her body, and then like all that was going on, and yeah, it was fucking crazy. I was like, I don't know, closest thing to like just which I don't know. It gets it was it was fucking amazing. I I really liked that sequence a lot. That was probably like my favorite, part. Of the <laughs> yeah part.
1: yeah. It's hot. It's it's great when the the ladies get all all sado masochistic and all that good stuff. It's just I
0: don't know. Plus the graininess of the print and the red, and it was like very I don't know it just maybe yeah, no, was- that good seventies fucking feel I had as a kid that you don't see the things get cleaned up and you don't, it's like like text Chainsaw on massacre. We watched it on VHS back in the day and it was funky. You watch it cleaned up. It's like, okay, you know, you can see things and shit. We don't see everything. It's better. I think, you know,
1: yeah, there is something to be said for leaving a bit to the imagination.
0: And this was a good beat up print too. Cause it had like a lot of splices in it sometimes and a couple of jumps and weird, you know, rainbow and, it, and it, it had a lot of it had a lot of good variety. It had a, mine. It had the VHS wear. Then it had film wear and and everything. Yeah, so was,
1: the dark corners
0: and all that. Like, when you yeah, have there's that. one. There's one part where Howard Vernon's in bed and it has a weird like sideways thing. It's pretty mm-hmm. funky. Um, okay, so we get close to the end here. So then uh, we have um, oh yeah. So Franco's in here twice. I caught him twice in the film. Okay, so he's in the end when so Howard Vernon's going into the house of vice. And you see the guy, he goes to the first room, he sees the old woman uh, stroking the naked young woman, and the guy is back to the camera, smoking, watching, and that's Jess Franco. He's watching that woman in that scene. Do you remember that?
1: I honestly didn't like that, yeah. Yeah,
0: so there's like an older woman wearing like a, you tell she's (laughs) in her 60s or something with glasses. And there's a naked young woman. She's, like, touching her, and he's, like, sitting there watching it. So he's a voyeur. He's one of the clients of the House of Wives. So he's watching her. And then when Howard Vernon goes, so you, see, you don't see his face. So then Howard Vernon goes into the red room and sees all that, or they show that. Jess Franco, you see him in that shot sitting there in that fucking red thing for, like, five or ten seconds. You see okay. that. So it's, like, twice in here. So it's, like, you see his back. So you do see his face. And the only shows his face, so. So he plays two clients in the house of vice, you know, you <laughs> always like that You count Cause I do it myself. I'll play a couple of roles, my back or front, just to try to double and triple yourself, you know? So he was doing that too. That's nice. Cause in a couple films before this, he, he wasn't in like, he's not in, uh, the demons he's not in. And he wasn't in, um, uh, the erotic or no. And he's not in, um, uh, a captain of 15 years. So two films that he made back to back, he wasn't in. And he's usually like in all of his films, so I was like, oh shit. So in this one he's in twice. So I think he like made up for it, you know, not, not doing the other films. Gives his resume back up. Um, so then we have, uh, uh, let's see, uh, smoke of the red room we have shootout and, uh, Vernon shoots and kills the boss, Alice Arno and, uh, and labor's with Lena. And then, um, so Lena, the character, Lena goes back with Betty. I'm not, I'm sorry, with Benny and, uh, which he's used that shot before in a couple of films where she'll kiss with the person and then reach down by her foot, pull out a, a blade and kill the person. He's used that in a couple of films. I forgot offhand, but I caught that because I used that shot in love blade before I got into Franco. And when I was watching my friends, like, Oh, there's a love blade shot. I was like, Oh shit. You know, I could kind of fucking copy the Franco shot before I saw Franco. And so now a I love catch that shot, shot all the time. What's that?
1: A love blade shot.
0: Yeah. It's a film I did called love blade.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, and I did a shot of where a girl is making out with a guy, and she's getting excited, and she reaches down to the floor by the edge of the sofa and pulls out her knife and then starts stabbing the guy.
1: Oh, okay. That's okay. a scene
0: I did. So in this one, she, like, reaches down, has a blade, pulls it out, and, you know, kills, which that's been done in a lot of films. I've got it from some film, I'm sure, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so she kills a woman. Then – now we're going to the end. So then she kills a woman. Howard Vernon walks in. They have their dialogue. And he keeps wanting to know about Benjamin. Who's Benjamin? Who's Benjamin? She says, <laughs> I hate Benjamin. Benjamin's on Porton." He goes, yeah, I gotta know Benjamin. She says, well, I was Benjamin. And you see his face. Right there, Howard Vernon too, is old man. He does the hang-jaw mouth and and he, and he says, uh, I killed for a man. You know, I did this for a man. And he's just so like so upset at himself that he was fooled, I guess. And, uh, reaches down grabs a knife that 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 same knife that the woman used leah used he stabs her with and she dies and then he just wanders off actually after that shot the, the shot of him wandering on the beach I thought was so beautiful like that shot of just him from ahead and you see him just kind of wandering and you know it's early in the morning nobody's there he's by himself it's a lonely beach it's boat tipped over or I think it was or turned over and you just see that from up on the balcony and, and that is really pretty and then just ends, you know, but the act before that. So now the floor is yours. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about this. <laughs>
1: no, I think like I kind of already have like made my point with how just incoherent it was from the rest of the film. But um but yeah, just the know, there was something you were just saying with it leading up to it where um uh, Sorry, train of thought is... Oh, where,
0: like, the woman is dead and that doesn't Um, bother him, or...
1: Sorry. Well, it's funny
0: because, like... Because he makes out with her, like, next to the woman's dead corpse for a while, and it's pretty funny. It's like, you walk in, he sees the woman dead, and he's like, starts making out with her, and the woman's dead laying there, and he has no problem doing that, and that's fine, and, you know, fucking next to a corpse, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was what I was going to say, was how strange it was, like she went through all this trouble killing people doing all this stuff to hide the photos so that no one would know that she was benjamin so why the fuck would she tell him like oh okay well i guess like you're you're telling me i have to tell you so i was benjamin like why would you do that. like if, you went, if you're willing to kill people to keep that a secret and like, you've killed everyone alive who knows that that's the truth. And like all the pictures are, you've got the pictures, like you're, you're scot-free. Why do you then tell the guy that you want to be with? Oh, well, I guess I'm going to tell you now that you've like killed for me. Like it just didn't make, like, I was like, why would you tell him? Like you would think of anything else to say. Like Benjamin was my fucking Tax guy, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like think of like you know, think of who Benjamin, like make something up, but like why would you admit, like after going through all that to just say like, yeah. I it it was like, what? Like, why is she telling him that? And then like, why isn't he also looking at her as like the most beautiful fucking woman ever? Oh, like, yeah. regardless of whatever you were like, you know, born, like I mean, like with
0: fucking right, cares? that's you, in front of you. That's what you're you
1: doing. with her and look yeah. at her. Like, I mean, I'd kill to look like that. So you know, like, I was like, like I, at, with the tone of the movie and with him being so like down to go to those clubs and you know, like open to you know all these. You know that that whole list of you know nymphomania and sadism and, and all that and transvestite. like he's down for all that. So it's like, why would that make him like? I just I mean, I, I I get like I understand the whole you nobody know, likes being lied to and betrayed, but like just immediately kill her like, <laughs> like I don't know. Well, I mean, it's a fucking Jess movie, so it's like it doesn't you can't
0: expect. Well, it's it's the, 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 <laughs> in, in my opinion, there's a lot of factors. One is the the macho stuff with Jess Frank, obviously. And they, you know, he talks about how women need to be raped and they're better after that. And the subservient, and, and, and there's a lot of the stuff that you're like, Oh my God. You know, and, and those moments in a lot of his films where you're like, wow, dude. Okay. You know, and what, you know, and people go their ways, this and that stuff. So that's, yeah, it's you know, a man's world. In right, well, yeah. I mean, I, I try to view it all different ways and understand, but I won't like not watch something because of whatever, you know, Sorry, like,
1: that everything that happened in that movie was so, I was so on board with about it being so like, because it, usually they're just showing two women, you know, there's of course it's not homophobic if it's two women because women can't really fall in love. Right. But like, um, but the, the two men, you never see that. So when there was that moment of him talking about the guy's hips, I just couldn't, I couldn't correlate. Like, why did he do that? Cause you never hear just well. give any kind of, of notion like that. So it was just,
0: well, that's, well, okay, well, the first thing is the Jess is Franco thing, like I was saying, with the, you know, the macho stuff, and be deceived, the male, blah, blah, blah. second is Al Peraria, the character. They say he's the most treacherous person, you can't trust him, he's this and that, you know, whatever bad things he'll do for you, and blah, blah, blah. He He's fucking, a, a, he's a fucking piece of shit. He's fucking, you know, low-down dude, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so she made a mistake by being good and saying, oh, I used to be a man, you know putting trust in this person, like, oh, because she's good. And, you know, and so he – well, you know, and that was all about him, and he killed her because he's that type of person. Three, the Marquita Saad type stuff. She was truthful. She was virtuous, so she was punished. The, the masochists only – you can only trust a masochist until they turn on you, and, uh, and he's done that with a lot of this stuff. And so they were both masochists. They killed, lied, and all that stuff. They killed each other, twisted turn, and then finally – she turned on him. I was really a man. Oh, well, I, yeah, you fucking, you know, now I'm a I'm going to kill you and that. But she does that with Marquita Sod twists and that. I That's how I read into it was that as well. And then he wanders off by himself waiting for the next person to shit on him, the S&M, the – not physically shit, but pour the, all the pain on him that he can take in and then turn it and do it back. And, you know, so that was how I read into it, you know.
1: Oh, Okay. Yeah, um, you you went deep there with the layers of the character. That's
0: how I, yeah, I was trying to like, you know, because I know the source, not sword, source, but that's how I picked up on the source and <laughs> and how I read into it.
1: I mine mind in the whole sadism thing and all that, but sadism, I'm saying it right. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just was such a shocker ending. It is.
0: And, you know, a knee-jerk reaction would be like, oh, that guy's a fucking, you know, basher, fuck him, whatever. You know, and that's whatever. And then, but I try to go, okay, well, the whole movie and everything connected and you know and what and what does it mean and this and that stuff and, and that's why I, I
1: mean actually like, your theory kind of holds as far as like why like like i kept seeing, like i know i don't mean to be so redundant about it but why would he have a guy talking about you know like he really shakes his hips and he's watching this guy dance and there's this whole scene where he's watching a man dance and he's into it and the guy's wearing the most over-the-top like pride parade outfit you could fucking dream up i mean Again, banana hammock, bobo boo. Bo, yeah. What did you call it with the the silver I mean it was so crazy. Like you I mean, you don't you'd only see that on a freaking parade. It was yeah. so there. Like and so like to have that scene. Plus that it,
0: guy's hair and all of his makeup and everything was right. just exquisite. I mean he's all, done of it. all the way Yeah, down, It, it you
1: makes know? you wonder if like that was all like intentional to throw you off, you know, to like make you think that like he was gonna be cool with it and then shocker he's not. <laughs> so, yeah
0: it's like the original crying game yeah
1: yeah, it's a it's a wild film for sure yeah
0: yeah i
1: mean i don't know i uh uh, i I don't know if it's inappropriate to bring up other franco films but um i watched uh, midnight party today and it was lena basically like jumping from bed to bed to bed and having like crazy wild sex tens and so coming off of that to watch this where there was no lena my love of my life um and uh um, what you call it no like actual you know sex to the extent of that movie because that even though it's only in 1976 a few years later it's way more you know and so, I guess it was kind of to me. This felt more toned down. <laughs> so I wasn't. I feel like I love that that you think this is like one of your favorite top ten. It makes me want to kind of rewatch it when I'm in a different mood or something. Because I think I was more like wanting sexy times.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Midnight Party is uh, 20 films after this. Actually, is it? This is six, th- yeah. This is film 46, seven, and that's seven, uh, film yeah. 66. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, that's how much. I mean, he
0: was doing like one film a month there for a while. So it's like you know, you go, oh shit, uh, twenty films. Oh, that's only two years, you know. So yeah, but, we
1: have to do Midnight Party. I loved that film.
0: Too. Yeah, no, that that is on my list. But yeah, like I was saying, that's that's down the line. But that definitely I I I've still yet to see Midnight Party. I've never seen Shining Sex. I haven't seen a lot of those yet. So it's all it's all new to me. I mean, I know who they are and I know all about them, <clears throat> but I haven't physically sat I don't watch them yet because. Try to watch them with fresh eyes when I do these reviews instead of just, you know, sneaking out, watching five of myself one night and being crazy, you know.
1: I'm actually really jealous that you're doing these more in order because um, I definitely skipped around and I feel like I have a lot to go through that, like. Uh, I, I are going to be sort of anticlimactic after like seeing Lena in her like glory because I'm just obsessed with her and like so I, I'm like I have a, a certain jealousy that I know that you're going to like get to the, all those and be like oh my well
0: I mean yeah I mean, see <laughs> but, but that's the thing I mean I jumped ahead as well like we did the the Dietrich ones with Lena and, and I've seen all those mm-hmm. those are like in the 70s and 80s and stuff I mean in the film number 70s and 80s and that I did all the you know, all those with him in there. But then we went back and jumped around, you know, and trying to do them all in sections. So then, uh, so then, like, this will lead up to the Dietrich era, of where I'm at now. I'll all go in order, go to the Dietrich era. And then, so then I already did all the Dietrich era. So then I'm going to go back and do all the early shit that I haven't done yet, like Orloff and Dr. Z and all those ones I haven't done yet, all the first few ones, yeah. you know. Then go back and do the ones past, you know, the Dietrich stuff. Like so Girls with Coca-Cola and all that.
1: Okay. I guess I didn't clock that. All right. Still, yeah. You've, I mean, well, I still have tons of eras to go through. I mean, I've only seen, I think, 62 francos now. I haven't caught up. Like you, You've probably caught up with me by now.
0: Well, I'm at like uh, – I've seen about 50, 51 –
1: yeah, yeah. Somewhere on there. So. There's still there's still over a hundred for each of us to dive oh, in. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> and I have fucking shelf fulls of shit and, and and new copies like like uh Severin's putting out the two upgrades coming up on two ones that I had uh D V D Rs of, so now I'll be happy to get those uh black boots and leather whips and uh House of Lost Women are coming out official like in a few months, so so it's gonna be badass. But uh yeah. So, all right, well, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Franco Observer podcast. This was fun uh, talking to you again and doing this uh, podcast, and uh, always fun talking with a fellow Franco fan that knows her shit and and knows what she's talking about. So it's always much appreciated. So, all right, well, uh, good night from Sacramento, and good night from L.A. Good night,